Hey everyone, Josh Taylor here from K9 Education. Thank you once again for being part of another episode of our CE podcast. Um, so I wanted to get into a little bit of a different scenario. Obviously, I love giving tips and tricks and I'm going to continue doing that. Um, today I wanted to maybe get a little bit into more, I guess, troubleshooting. Troubleshooting along the lines of how clients think from my perspective, of course, um, some of the things that I think will really kind of help you bring you to that next level, level up, you know, with your dog, whether it's behavior modification or just obedience in general. Um, yeah, you know, another thing too, I just wanted to say a big thank you. I have premium subscribers already, which I was not expecting. So, I just want to thank everyone out there. I really appreciate it. So amazing. Um, it's been kind of surreal just seeing how this podcast is is blowing up, at least in my eyes. Um, you know, we're, we're 500 plus downloads. Um, it's, it's just, you know, we have premium subscribers. So what premium subscribers are is that we're going to be having podcasts within the podcasts. So whatever the topic is or whatever we've been talking about, or even the premium subscribers emailing us uh, and wanting me to specifically talk about something or um, et cetera, et cetera. These, this content will be kind of like on the side for those premium subscribers. So like when you're looking at the podcast, you'll see like these premium kind of hidden podcasts. So if I'm talking about pulling um, what I talk about in the podcast, I can only talk about so much. Uh, not because I'm hiding anything, but just because of the length of sessions. So I usually have more sessions. Um, but in the premium content, we kind of get more in depth there. I don't really have to worry about how long a podcast is and so on and so forth. So we can really kind of get into, you know, all the different aspects and strategies and scenarios. And to be honest with you, like, I think a big part of being a dog trainer that a lot of people don't realize is that you are a little bit of a psychologist. Um, and trust me, my life ain't perfect. <laughs> and, you know, but as a psychologist, I guess, you know, we're, we're there to coach and reward the person as well. When they're feeling gloom or down, they feel like they can't keep going. We're there to help them. Um, and, I'm not saying that that's always the case, and I'm not saying that, um, you know, I think a good dog trainer is about limitations. I think it's about knowing that we've done everything and when it's time to pull the plug. And there could be, you know, a lot of, you know, I, I know I'm going to be ruffling some feathers by saying that, but... You know, there's so many scenarios that come into my mind. I always assess risk when it comes to different behavior problems. Um, and I think there's a lot of things to look at, like success in general. I've talked about this loosely before. There's so many things to cover on this. It's not just about like, is my dog not reacting? I also find that we look at prevention as like a way to get around the behavior. People find it negative, like, oh, I don't want to just go the other way all the time. And I just feel like it's very negative um, 
first off, no one said anything about having to do it forever. I know it might feel like forever. Um, but I mean, the name, that's the name of the game when, when we're dealing with what we're dealing. I know a lot of us, we didn't ask for this. We didn't ask for these problems, but they just happen. Um, and when they do, I think it's important to realize that it takes more than just going outside, working on the game plan, and then calling it a day. Like, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Let's pretend your dog is not fantastic at the veterinarian. Okay? So we know our dog is not fantastic at the veterinarian. Now, there are things that you can do to work on that. Okay? But I will have people and and I'm not blaming them I feel for them and and I I have these exact same conversations with them but they'll come in and they'll be like oh you know another vet appointment it was really bad this time they had to do this or they had to do that they had to hold down my dog or whatever the case and they're just so down they're so broken they're so unmotivated and at the end of the day, though, I'm, I'm saying to myself, like, what did we expect? Did we expect something differently? And people think that magically the dog is going to go in there and maybe this time, maybe it'll be OK. Um, and again, I I wish I wish, but um, it, it's it's about practice. It's about hard work. OK, my son has a very, very um difficult time with speech okay he has what they call apraxia severe apraxia so he has a difficulty talking and so you know even just trying to express himself can be very very challenging okay and i'm sure when he looks at his sister or his peers in his class and he notices that difference i know that he knows that there's there's different there, right? So it's really about practice. Jet goes to speech. Jet has tutors. Um, I'm sure I could do a better job as well uh, helping him. But, you know, like, I mean, the point is, is that we need to practice and we need to work on these things. And as you know, well, if you know anything about me so far, you'll know that I kind of always attach that human element into the dogs that I work with. Um, because I think there's a lot of similarities. I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, they're sentient, right? Just like us. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're with us all the time. They study us. Um, we study them to a degree. Um, you know, they're our best friends. We pet them. They deliver that incredible oxytocin to the brain for us, um, which make us feel just fantastic. They reduce our stress. Uh, for the most part, you know, I know some of you are saying, well, my dog increases my stress level because of the issue. I get that. But, you know, it's that the point is, is that the, the, the benefits outweigh the, the cons, so to speak. All right. And when your dog is having a problem, it's about understanding like, okay, what can I do to work on this? And that's why I'm there. Um, I'll give you a good one back to that veterinarian. So I just talked about how going to the veterinarian and knowing that my dog is not fantastic, I don't really have many options. Whether, you know, I pop a 
trazodone or whatever so that my dog is maybe a little bit better. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, it all depends, right, on, on, on the dog, really. But what if you call your veterinarian and you say, is it like, is it possible? Like, am I allowed or am I, is it, can I go to the clinic with my dog and just go in the lobby for five minutes? Or can you, do you have a vacant room that I could go into maybe once every couple of days um, so that I can work on my dog's, you know, stress, reactivity, etc. You know, now I'm not saying to just do this on your own because there's a lot of things that go into this. But I'm just trying to give you an example of what not looking at a novel scenario as a training scenario, right? Like you, you need to you need to create it as you need to per, you need to work on getting that behavior better. So working on it once every six months when you have to go in for a vaccination is not the way it's going to be. And, you know, people will say things to me like, oh, well, you know, at the end of the day, it's only once every six months. So I guess. The dog can, you know, go through that once every six months is not the end of the world. Sure. Okay, fine. It's not the end of the world. But also we can take that situation and we can think about other situations that we can work on, that we can make those 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 novel scenarios just a little bit easier where they just don't become so novel at the end of the day where um uh, they start to say like, oh, I know this or I know what to do here, right? Even just getting your dog to sit and look at you in novel scenarios, it can be challenging, right? So things that are new or they're somewhere, you know, and it's it's just like, oh my gosh, what's this? What's that? They're hearing everything. Um, working on bringing your dog into those areas could be phenomenal for dog training, uh, and it's something that I, I recommend all the time, always trying to figure out new, exciting ways to make the uncomfortable comfortable, I guess. Right. Um, so I want you to understand that. Well, I want you to understand a few things. I want you to understand that you're not alone. If you're going through a really rough time with your dog. OK. And it's stressing you. Understand that you're not alone. Okay, we're, we're a lot of people are in the same boat. Not that that helps you, but I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Number two, think about not necessarily the bad situation, but think about how could you figure out ways to make that situation much less difficult for your dog. So I walk down the street, I see a dog, my dog goes absolutely crazy. It's extremely hard to work on that, okay, so maybe I'm going to go to a big park where there's lots of dogs, not in the park, but around the park. Maybe I, it's, I'm going to be at a distance where I'm a football field away where they're looking at the dogs. And you know what? If you tell me, oh, well, my dog won't react from there. Well, you know what? Great job, because I have tons of dogs who react a football field away and we work on it and it gets better, of course. But the point is, is that you need to figure out. And a system where you can aim for for them to succeed and then you start making it more challenging instead of putting them in the most challenging and difficult scenario you could think of. OK, I see this every day. 
Um, and I know why I'm not, I don't want my listeners to feel like I'm, I'm blaming anyone, but like, I'll give you a great example. I'll be with someone and we're working on reactivity. The dog is trigger stacking. I mean, the, the dog is just, you know, reacting to everything and they'll say, Oh, let's go right up to where the door is, or let's go like right by that person. And it's like, no, 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 no. We do not want to do that. But but I want it to get better. We know. We we both want the same thing, I promise. I promise you we, we both want the same thing. The idea of throwing him into the situation like that is not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create a safe environment where... We're using somewhat of a novel scenario, but in a controlled way. If you're right by that that door or you're in a situation where the likelihood of the reaction is to be very high, then you're not doing it correctly. Okay? So it's so important that you focus on how can I get my dog to win right now? Again, measuring your success comes from intensity it comes from, uh, and what do, what do I mean by intensity? Intensity in the sense of how my dog reacts at a certain distance from another dog. And does that intensity change over time? Okay. I'm not saying that one day he reacts and one or she reacts and one day they don't. That's not what I mean. What I mean is 1,500 times of doing it. This is just an example, but 1500 times of doing it, 1000 times the dog has lowered the intensity bracket in the sense of seeing that human or seeing a human at that distance versus the other 400 times. It was a very high, um, you know, heavy reaction to me. That's progress. Okay. I'm not saying, oh, well, actually I would personally say you could absolutely have a journal where you can write these things down. It doesn't have to be like every little detail, but it could be like, I had a bad day. I had a great day. My dog did this. My dog did that. Like these things can be super, super helpful um, when you're trying to measure your success. The other thing, uh, aside from intensity, is like recovery. So recovery, like, like so if my dog reacts... And then we move on to the next person. Uh, anyone who's taken any of my courses, especially our behavior modification, they'll hear me usually saying things like, just remember, you know, your dog could be, you know, the cup's getting full or, you know, the dog's overstimulated or, you know, for your dog after three situations, it's like we've now lost the dog. So the idea is to keep it two and under and obviously using distance. When I'm at a same distance and my dog sees three dogs at separate times and all three times are not bad. And then the fourth time we're at the same distance or even further away. And it's like the same kind of, excuse me, it's, it's like the same kind of situation. Like the dog isn't like overly reactive or anything like, it, it, you know, the other dog that we're looking at. That is an example of a situation where the recovery um is 
you know, the dog is, is overstimulated. So the recovery there is like, okay, I make a mental note, like after four dogs, it's really bad. So then as I keep going and I work on this, all of a sudden it's six dogs, it's eight dogs, it's 10 dogs. This is how you get to know how you're doing recovery wise and recovery might not be that black and white. It might not necessarily be like, oh, my dog didn't react in this situation. It might be little things like my dog is actually taking food now after a certain amount of time versus before after five minutes, my dog wasn't taking anything anymore and so on. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways to like kind of look at these things, but those are two big, big things that we look at. Okay. And I, you know, one other thing I want to just kind of throw out there, you know, when we have a behavior modification program, you have to get it out of your head that the thing that keeps happening or the thing that we don't like, okay, it stop thinking that it's not going to get better or stop thinking that because that situation keeps happening, we're not progressing. You know, that situation is separate from your behavior modification situation that you're trying to work on. I'll give you a good example. Okay. Um, I have a lot of resource guarders. Okay. So when resource guarders come to me, um, they will say things to me like, you know, when my dog grabs the pen, okay. Or let's say the marker. Okay. I have a marker in my hand. So when the dog grabs the marker and I try to go get that marker, the dog will try to bite me. All right. And I will tell them, what about when you have a toy? Eh, the dog isn't as bad. Sometimes I'll get or just as bad or whatever. But what I'll tell them is that when the dog has the toy, I want you to go ahead and take something really yummy and drop it and walk away. And there's a big reason why we do this. But it is, of course, separate to the pen, right? Because usually when I talk to them about how they're going to gain the trust and fix or, or manage the behavior, I usually get, yeah, but how do I get the pen? Okay. And so try to understand that you're not really coming to the dog trainer to ask, how do I get the pen back? All right. Really, you want the dog to stop attacking you and reacting when they have something, a pen, etc. Okay. So understand that what we're asking you to do through the modification is to get to the point where you're able to actually grab the pen or whatever the case is. Okay. That is really what the behavior modification is. See, back in the day, I would correct the dog. So what I mean by that is I would probably have the drag leash on and I would leash check the dog or make sure that the, I overpower the dog to get the pen back. All this does is get my pen back. You think that we just solved the problem because now the dog will do it less when I try and do it. But when my, you know, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, my 12-year-old daughter tries to go and grab the pen or whatever. My daughter's four, but she wouldn't like do that now. So I'm just trying to like hypothetically, right? If my 12-year-old daughter goes and grabs the pen, it may be a different story, right? Because the dog is now afraid of me. 
So therefore, I'm able to correct and, and grab that pen from the dog. All right. And you have to understand that you're just suppressing behavior by doing this. So when it comes to the pen in a healthy way, what it would be, what it would look like is you would basically do any kind of act of desperation to just kind of get the pen back, ring the doorbell, redirect, um, uh, anything at all to basically get the item back. As, and of course, if it's something I get this very often, what if it's dangerous? What if it's poisonous? Well, I mean, you have two choices. You get in there and you grab it and probably get bit in the process or you don't. I mean, that's really what it comes down to in the in the grand scheme of things. It will be negative anyways towards you and the dog. So, you know, we're trying to obviously refrain that from happening. So what does that mean? It means that we have to be extra careful. I know, I know, I have kids. I have a life. I totally understand that we will miss things or we will not see things before, you know, and then it's too late. The dog has already grabbed it. I'm not saying that it's difficult or that it's easy to just not have anything on the ground. Okay. I'm just letting you know that there's more to it than just let's correct the dog when they have the, the item. Okay. That's what I used to do. And all this would do would it, 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 it gave me the impression that I was fixing the behavior. Absolutely. It gave me the impression, but the reality is, is that it, it really didn't. Okay. All, all it really did was cause the dog to be afraid to do anything around me. Okay. Which just increased the fear. Okay. So this is why when we're looking at true behavior modification, we're looking at ways where we can build the confidence and get the dog to understand that it's okay, that we are not here to try to get that from you. Okay. We need them to feel safe. Okay, it's like we forget sometimes that they're sentient. We forget that they have the same emotions and feelings that we have, right? We can't even use the whole, you know, in the wild anymore, okay? Because look look where we've come. Okay? Are we living in the wild? Are we No, you know, everything has changed. And so has the whole background of dogs in general. You know, domestication and so on has changed so many aspects of this, you know, so all of these things that we look at are super, super different. So it's important to really kind of get that. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, sorry, I'm not as cheery as I normally am. I guess this is just a session where, you know, I'm just trying to be a little bit more serious about these kind of things, you know, like behavior modification is no joke. It's one of the main things that I do, um, and, um, you know, being your dog trainer and your therapist, um, all in one is, it can, can be very demanding and difficult. Um, but at the end of the day, I freaking love it. <laughs> you know why? Because when I'm able to help you and I'm able to, um, get those behaviors, you know, those mini wins and those mini wins start to stack and we get into this, just this great place. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's the most amazing feeling. So, um, I'm not complaining. 
I'm just letting you know that there's a lot more to your dog's behavior than you think. It's not so black and white. Um, yeah. So I really hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I'm going to do a small little um, inside kind of um, premium uh, podcast about this just to get into it a little bit more. So CE podcast at canineeducation.ca. You can uh, email us, send us anything um, so that we can help you or we can talk about, you know, a topic that you're interested in. As for um, the platform that you listen to the podcast on, it would be such a delight if you could just uh, rate it for me because this is how I climb the ranks and this is how I end up um, reaching more people. I mean, the whole idea, the whole point of the podcast is for me to help more and more people. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the story today. I guess uh, we will call it story time. <laughs> and again, thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I will see you soon. All right. Bye.